Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You unlock this door with the key of imagination. Beyond it is another dimension. A dimension of sound. A dimension of sight. A dimension of mind. You're moving into a land of both shadow and substance, of things and ideas. You've just crossed over into... The new theater of the mind. With the Baron of Broadcasting. The Bruce Collins Show. He was Fringe Radio before Fringe Radio was cool. The Bruce Collins Show, daring to take radio past the point of no return. Bruce Collins and Chad Miles. The Clown Prince of Doom. And welcome back to the Bruce Collins Show this week. Our guest is Joseph Farah from WND. That's World Net Daily. Again, WND.com, Joseph Farah. We're going to talk to him about why he's putting up bulletin boards across the country with the Ten Commandments on them. That's his latest project. Well, he's also writing for WND because he owns the joint. But uh, And then also later in the week, we have a one-hour, uh, maybe a little less than one hour, but an interview with... Chris Putnam on the Bruce Collins Show, After Dark Edition. We're going to talk about his books with Tom Horn, The Prophecies of the Pope, The Popes, and uh, Exo Vaticana. And he actually complimented me about the interview, so Chris can't be all bad. No, I'm just joking. Chris is a, a nice guy. and uh, But we had a lively discussion, and point blank, I told him I'm skeptical over the book, but uh, he certainly has a right to write it, and, and uh, people have a right to buy it. Now, um, Joining me right now is my co-host, and uh, you can go into the show notes of this program at FringeRadioNetwork.com and see Chad Miles' extensive bio right there in the show notes. But he's here right now for all of you, all of you patriotic Americans, stand up and salute as Chad Miles joins the program. Hey, Chad, how's it going? Hey, Bruce, I hope people enjoy that bio because it took me a long time to fabricate it. Yeah, and when you submitted it, it was written in blue crayon. 
Yeah, Very yeah. Strange. I had to do uh, some re- a lot of research to phony it up, but I hope people enjoy it anyway. I had to get pa- past the first three pages. All they said was, all work and no play makes Chad a dull boy. And then finally I got to the bio part. Yeah, that was my winter vacation in Canada. But <laughs> okay. how are you doing? Good, you understood the reference. Uh, yeah, I'm doing well. And uh, and you? I'm doing very well. Thank you. Excellent. I have actually a couple of uh, topics I want to talk about. And one of the things this week, we kind of like to do uh, different things every week. People may notice that. Uh, but one of the things I'm noticing is more and more celebrities and more and more people are making videos on YouTube that are anti-conspiracy, anti-this uh, and that, maybe anti and pro UFOs, who knows. But a lot of different strange phenomena can be found on YouTube. And uh, they tell me that this lady is a model, but uh, she's apparently very popular because she's getting 500,000 hits on YouTube when she posts about the Illuminati. And her name is Tila Tequila. I have a funny feeling that her last name is phony. But anyway, her name is no. Tila Tequila. And uh, I guess she's a model. Her eyes are unusually large. Yeah, she was creeping me out when I watched that video. Oh, you saw that? Yeah, she looked like a alien, like a J- Japanese animated. Oh, it puppet was it was scary. My cat Freaky. hid under the couch. No, Freaky. I didn't let him see it. But uh, but yeah, she's getting all kinds of hits. And here's a segment from one of her uh, YouTube videos right now. Hey everybody, it is Miss Tila, Freedom Fighter. Um, so I'm making this video. Wait, can I just say one thing? You know, it's very serious when the person says, Hey, everybody, it's Tila. Or what is her name? Yeah, Tila. That just doesn't sound like a, an Alex Jones beginning. But anyway, let me get back into it. Hey, everybody, it is Miss Tila, Freedom Fighter. Um, so I'm making this video because now is the time. And... Uh, I am about to release some very important documents as well as proof, so you know. And uh, once again, I want to thank you all for your support because the more you support me, the more I'm able to speak out for you and expose more truths to you. Because. So let me just stop it right there for one second. So, so I guess the truths are going to be parsed out as we listen to her. And her uh, rant is very unlistenable, by the way, and you'll get a feel for that in about one minute. And this will go on for about painful. a Painful. Yeah, she rambles. Just painful to listen to that. Yeah. But here we go for one more minute. Stay tuned, America. Don't touch that dial. I'm, only, I'm the only one here doing this. And uh, they continue to block me out and uh, do whatever they can to discredit me, to make me disappear, because they know they can't just point blank assassinate me. They're discrediting her. Uh, she had such a great reputation before. Because <laughs> I keep telling you and warning you ahead of time. So if they do that, then everybody will know that they murdered me. So they're going to try to they. kill me in other ways. And I'm going to point out to you a few, a few things, a few of their tactics that they're doing that um, to prevent... Apparently boring us to death is one of those tactics. And she goes and on through fooled. the video not really exposing 
anything well, uh, at yeah. all. Uh, that was one of my points, yeah. It's a 30-minute uh, ramble of nothingness. Exactly. But, but apparently if we stay tuned, she's going to reveal truths a little bit at a time. Now, she could be telling the truth. I don't know. The video is posted as she's exposing the Illuminati, which I don't think I don't and think I, the globalists I, call themselves Illuminati. By the I way. kept waiting for the uh, exposure to happen, and it never did. Yeah. There you go. Well, here's a, just a little bit more of Tila telling us about the oh, Illuminati. Oh, you're killing me. Uh, just bear with me. Okay. First of all, once again, and please pay attention and... Um, Repost, download this video because I've been I've set it up so that you all can download the video and repost it anywhere, everywhere, as much as you can, so everybody knows what's going on. Because this is not about me. I'm Tell only going to start out to prove certain things about what they're trying to do to me first, what? so that you know the truth. Tell that us. way, when I continue on subjects, subject matters about what they're doing to what everybody else. What are they else, doing? Then you know who's telling the truth and who's what the good guy and who's the bad guy. Okay, that's enough of that. <laughs> I was going to give my analysis of this whole Please thing. Please do. Okay. <laughs> Here's what I take away. Here's, here was the takeaway for me from that video. Uh, the government is paying people to build hate sites against her and troll her website and her YouTube. The government being the CIA and their drones, quote, unquote, which is the term she uses. Uh, and if you notice, she had over half a million views on yeah. that video. Yeah. There was an ad at the beginning of the video. I think that kind of gives it away what she's doing. Yeah. Um, because when you start getting into the tens of thousands and millions of, of views on YouTube videos, you start making some decent cash on those videos. Oh, yeah. But then I went to her website where she said she had a document dump and it was, I went through some of her blog posts and it was, uh, more rambling? it was just a, what's that? More rambling? Yeah, it was just a bunch of David Icke, reptilian, rehashed conspiracy theory stuff. I mean, the stuff we've talked about for years. Yeah. She's just now getting on the conspiracy theory bandwagon and I guess she's trying to, Make uh, recast herself as some kind of a Alex Jones female David Ike wannabe type person. Yeah, and it's probably a bunch of single guys watching her videos. <laughs> and that's what she alluded to, or she outright said it in but, that you know, video. I went to another one of her videos, and she's basically saying religion is man-made. All you Christians, stop pushing Jesus down our throat. And all of that, and it it really points to what we actually talked about last week, and that is people can actually get into this conspiracy stuff and never understand what is truly going on, which right. is the war between good and evil and not some vague good or vague evil. It's God versus the devil. Um, Jesus is the Son of God. He died for the sins of mankind. Why wouldn't that be important? It's the only way to free yourself from the bondage of sin. So it's it's the only way you can win in this world. So um, I find it interesting that everyone is applauding her, but she is actually anti-Christian in some of these videos. Yeah, I so, mean, it's it, this is uh, David Icke. 
If you've ever, if anybody knows about David Icke or who he is or what he's about, it's exactly the same thing. And I could tell, I looked at her website for 30 seconds and I could tell exactly where she was coming from. Yeah. So that's one YouTube that I saw. And then there was another one. And this one, uh, people can go into YouTube and put in K K A Y Griggs, G R I G G S. This was almost as painful to watch, too. Yeah, I bet. This is a lady uh, in the video. The full video is Kay Griggs, Colonel's Wife Tells All. It's in four parts, so it's like 106 hours. No, I'm just... It's about six hours. It felt like it. (laughs) Yeah, it did. Towards part three, I got very skeptical, but but enough. We'll talk about that later. But here's a clip from Kay talking about some of the more disturbing... And by the way, her husband, of course, was a colonel. Uh, allegedly, I don't know that that's a fact, but uh, she did show pictures and things like that. Anyway, this is her version of what some of the more disturbing things that her husband did uh, in the military. Um, Let's we'll talk a little bit about um, your husband would get into these drunken stupors and yeah. he would start running his mouth and yeah. tell you everything he knew. Yeah. Um, what did you find was uh, some of the most stunning revelations that uh, that came? Um, I, besides the, the fact that he admitted he couldn't be a Christian and was an existentialist and explaining what existentialism meant to him, which was startling to me, um, the the other uh, parts of some of the things he told me, which, which really startled me and frightened me, was his attitude towards murder, which he said was not murder, because he said uh, emotions are not involved. Mm-hmm. Um, his, his cold, calculating view of the destruction of, of innocent human beings meaning nothing to him, having mm-hmm. absolutely no, um, no feelings about ordering others to do that. Now, did he ever carry out some of these murders himself, do you think? Oh, of course, yeah. Um, in fact, he told me about Malcolm Kerr's murder. Malcolm Kerr, who's that? Malcolm Kerr was a British double agent who, was, who worked in California. He was uh, one of these joint, uh, these intelligence operatives who worked for both sides. Okay. And he had been in California, but he was um, doing intelligence work in Beirut undercover. He was the head of the American University of Beirut, AUB, which is in um, Lebanon. Okay. Now, my husband was the liaison between the White House and President Jamal, the, the second, the brother of the first president who was murdered. Mm-hmm. Um, my husband was involved with assassinations and... Now, Malcolm Kerr, just to, just to say this, there's no evidence that Malcolm Kerr was ever an agent. And as a point of fact, and a strange coincidence, my brother sat in next to his son at the University of Arizona and... Uh, Oddly and interestingly enough, Malcolm Kerr's son, Steve Kerr, later played with uh, the Chicago Bulls with Michael Jordan, 
and became general manager of the Phoenix Suns. So, um, and my brother didn't know him after the U of A, but he sat in, next to him in some of his classes and stuff. But uh, there's no evidence that Malcolm Kerr was an agent. But uh, but I, here's my take on it, and then you can give yours because you have the, a military background. I don't. I found the first two parts, and there's four parts, and I never got to the fourth part, and I'll tell you why. I found the two first two parts compelling because of the fact that she named names, and she seemed to have her story down pretty well. And uh, I actually showed this on Facebook, and you know Joe Ortiz thought it was real. John Cassidy thought it was fa- that she was making it up or whatever, something like that. He he thought it wasn't um, an actual actual events that, that she thought she knew. Here's where I thought her story fell apart, though, for me personally. Again, I thought parts one and two were interesting. She was able to um, connect the dots. She did it in a way that seemed like it wasn't rehearsed, and she seemed to have real emotion in it. Part three, the reason why I started to doubt what she was saying is you come to find out in part three that she's a conspiracy theorist. And you find out that she studied Thomas Jefferson and different types of conspiracies within the state of Virginia. And then I looked into the guy who interviewed her, and his name was Pastor Strawcutter, who um, he also seems like he could have been a white supremacist because apparently this pastor, it says in Wikipedia or something like that, that he spoke at the KKK and things like that. So, wow. and and when you when you research how these two got together, apparently Pastor Strawcutter had one of these pirate radio shows, which I'm not sure Christians should be pirating into AM radio since that's illegal. But anyway, he had one of these shows, and she was apparently listening to it, and called in and said, "Hey, my husband is doing all these covert operations." And as you know, her story gets into generals who were homosexual or bisexual and had gay orgies and all sorts of out out of this world um, stuff and I'll let people decide what they think they can go to Kay Griggs a colonel's wife tells all and see for themselves I like I said parts one and two were interesting part three it kind of broke down for me but what are your thoughts about it she came off as like somebody, like a little kid who's like making up stuff and talking to you and kind of giggling about it. Uh-huh. You know, like, haha, I'm getting away with something. And she just seemed like she wanted the attention to me. Um, here's where she started to fall apart. Um, first of all, she's supposed to be the wife of a colonel uh-huh. in the army, and she can't even pronounce Camp Lejeune correctly. Okay, that was kind of a red flag for me. Camp Lejeune is a Marine core uh, camp where she kind of, and this was kind of early in the first part of the video, but where she kind of fell off the believability scale for me was she was saying that the government has these assassins and she's talking about all these assassins. And then she says, but you know, Bill Clinton didn't know anything about what was going on. Did you catch that in the, in the first part? Yeah. Yeah. She says, Bill Clinton didn't really know what was going on. Then she says she ended up living with a, a, a white house correspondent, Sarah McLennan, I think, was her name. Um, so she's spent some time living with a journalist who, I mean, you know where journalists, they fall into, where they fall in in the political spectrum. They're on the liberal side. Then she goes on to say that Linda Tripp was connected to the bad guys, quote-unquote bad guys, and she's a dirty trickster. And if, if any of you remember, Linda Tripp 
is the one who outed Monica Lewinsky in that whole fiasco with Bill Clinton. So she's obviously uh, siding with with Bill Clinton, and this she's living with this uh, with this journalist. And so, you know, if you're going to say that the United States is running covert assassination operations, that's one thing. But if you say that the U.S. is doing this, but this one president wasn't involved in any of it and didn't know anything about it, that just is not believable to me at all. Not believable at all. So just after that, her just everything just fell apart for me as far as believability. So I didn't believe anything she was saying after that. And I forget what it was, but she makes some stereotypical remark, a really weird statement. So... I don't know what's going on there, and it's like Tila Tequila. I'm not God. God knows these people's hearts. So if you want to check it out, though, go to Kay Griggs at Colonel's Wife Tells All and uh, see what you think about it. It's it's worthy of uh, checking out and, and seeing if you think it's real. Now, I had another topic uh, that I wanted to talk about this week because I'm hearing a lot from the Christian fringe movement. And you've probably heard this before, Chad. The statement is, and this is not directed at one person because I've heard this over and over and over again from many different people to sell you on why you should buy their book or listen to them, whatever. And that is this. They'll tell you, look, the Bible is full of supernatural events and yet you can't believe or take the time to understand what I'm telling you about what's going on today. Have you ever heard something, anything like that? No, say that again. Well, in other words, they'll say, look, the Bible is full of the supernatural, yet churches don't want to hear my story or my research. People don't want to buy my books, but they should because it's, it's as important as the Bible. You know, in other words, people are living in this paradigm where, yes, they understand the, the miracles of the Bible, but they can't understand the supernatural today. And that's why you need to know about black-eyed children, or that's why you need to know about... Oh, I see what you're saying, yeah. And, that, and I hear that a lot, and not from any one specific person. I've heard it from many people. And they'll go into, you know, the strange things that supernaturally the miraculous things that happen in the Bible, and they'll say, but yet you can't believe in UFOs. And they say, the church better wake up. We need to know about the new stuff that's happening. I even heard this, and nothing against them, I even heard this on Prophecy in the News when they interviewed Russ Dizdar and Lynn Marzulli. They said, there's new stuff going on, and you need to know about it today. You have to get a hold of this material. And I, I like Lynn, and, uh, and, and I... I don't have any reason not to like Santa Claus. I mean, Gary Stearman. But, uh, but <laughs> you know, he's ni- he seems like a nice guy. But I disagree with that. I actually disagree with that point. And I'll tell you why. Here's, here's the world. Imagine this big blue marble, which was an old show I used to watch as a kid. Anyway. Uh, and, and God is at the top of everything. God is everything. God is at the top of a hierarchy. And so you have a uh, you have all these things that are evidence of God. Really, everything is evidence of God. The supernatural going on in the past, whether it was in the Bible or today, is evidence of God. The the tangible things like the trees, humans, the dog, that's all evidence of God. Our minds, when we use logic, God created that. 
God said he, he, gave, he gave you power, love, and a sound mind. So he gave you a sound mind to balance uh, all the things that you see today and to help you not only to discern, but, I mean, the Holy Spirit helps you to discern, but also he gave you that mind to use some logic once in a while and see if things actually fit into what's going on today. And the supernatural in the Bible is not the same as a photoshopped image on YouTube. And it's, and it's not the same as an urban legend. And, and so if people do not believe in the supernatural, then uh, they must not believe in the Bible. So we can find what the problem actually is, the, the disconnect. It, the, the answer to understanding the supernatural, I think you would agree, Chad, is more in the Bible than it is in the events going on today. To oh, understanding the supernatural. To understanding God, it's more in the Bible than looking at the events happening today. To understand evil, it's more the answers are more in the Bible than looking around at things today. All the answers are in the Bible. So I'll give you an example. When I was a kid, right? Well, not a kid. I was about 20 years old. But back in the late 80s, and I don't remember the name of this program, but I was sort of a lukewarm Christian, but I had been raised in the church, so I understood the Bible back and forth, you know. And, and I I grew up in church. I I heard sermon after sermon, ten, probably twenty thousand sermons. It didn't take root for a while, but I I still was I still believed in Jesus Christ, and I still had an understanding of what was going on in the universe. And I remember one time watching TV. And there was this big, I don't even remember what it was called, but it, I think it was on one of the networks. And it was making uh, big noise at the time. It was getting good ratings, but it was like this mini-series talking about alien abductions and UFOs. Now, you got to understand, this was the late 80s. This was way before Lynn Marzulli, way before Tom Horn, way before all these guys, way before Patrick Heron. I think before Coast to Coast. I, I remember Coast to Coast in the early 90s, but I don't remember listening to it in the 80s. But anyways, this was a big television show. It got good ratings, and it showed aliens abducting people, and it was based on true stories and true events. And, you know, obviously the network said it was shocking, you know, so everybody watched it. And I remember thinking as a 20-year-old, these beings can go through walls. They smell funny. They put people in trances. And I and I was thinking, okay, I already know that by my Christian upbringing that ghosts are demons, now, at the time, the church, the way I was raised, I thought demons were fallen angels. I don't believe that now. But I think demons have to do with the, the Nephilim spirits, the disembodied uh, spirits of the, the Nephilim. But So I do believe that's what the demonic is, and I believe the fallen angels are locked up. But I thought demons were fallen angels, so I didn't really understand that part. But I could see through watching this show on aliens that this was demonic, you know, whatever I was, it was evil. I knew enough about that. So I didn't need anybody telling me that. That came from my Christian upbringing. And I remember back then talking to my mom about it, and my mom said, you know, it's funny, I called my friend Dorothy, who um, lived in Tucson. We used to live in Tucson. And she said, and Dorothy was the same age as my mother, and she said her daughter, Diana, which at the time probably was in her 40s, I was about 20 at the time. She said she told uh no, she might have been in her 30s, something like that. But she told her mom, "I saw this show about aliens and I am actually getting to a point. I'm not just rambling." <laughs> 
But <laughs> she said, I sh- saw a show about aliens, and you know what? I think they're demons. And so I wasn't the only Christian that thought that by watching this show. So what am I saying is um, if, if people see this kind of stuff and they see aliens and they, recognize, and they don't recognize that they're demonic, I mean, as a Christian, that almost should be our default, right? If we see some kind of weird, deceptive thing, we think they're demonic. If we don't understand that, then the answer is not studying more about black-eyed children and aliens. The answer is more Bible. It means that we haven't been brought up well enough in the scriptures or we don't understand them to be able to process them for today. It's not looking into the the Pharaoh and the pyramids and the giants and things like that. Um, we study God in church. We don't spend in-depth study on the devil, we we do touch on that. We, you know, people preach sermons about hell, but we don't spend every Sunday about Satan and disregard God. Um, the same thing is true of an entrepreneur class. You would study Warren Buffett. You wouldn't study a wino on Skid Row. You know. So so the point is, if we're holding God's hand, He'll protect us and He'll give us wisdom. I'm not so sure, and I don't know why anyone is putting stock in the fact that in the end times there'll be aliens. If enough Christians were talking about that, wouldn't Satan change the game plan? The point is, you need to know the Bible, not what every little looky-loo is going on today, whatever weird being is popping out of the bushes. You know, it's it's about the Bible. If you don't have a... I think the people who can't understand that aliens are demons don't understand the word of god or maybe are not reading it they're maybe not in a they maybe don't have a prayer life they may be not being led by the holy spirit those may be the problems i don't think we need a human instructor to go through the fact that black-eyed children are trying to get in your car if you see a kid with black eyes don't you think the holy spirit is going to say whoa there's a problem here I would say so. And you know, the Bible is very clear. It says we're sheep. It doesn't say we're brainiacs. It calls us sheep. So what does it instruct the sheep to do? It it instructs us to keep our eyes on the shepherd, not to look at the bushes to the left and right because they're growling and we go, oh my goodness, there's wolves in there. We better go over to the bush and see what kind of wolf that is. No, it says keep your eyes on the shepherd. And, and you know, the shepherd will protect his sheep as long as the sheep are following the shepherd. Those wolves aren't scared of you. They're scared of the shepherd. And, you know, that, that staff that the shepherd has, you know, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. You know, that, that staff has a little hook thing so it can hook the sheep and kind of bring them back into the fold. But the other thing it does is, you know, if a wolf tries to mess with one of the shepherd's kids, one of the shepherd's sheep, you know what the shepherd does with that staff? He bashes its brains out. So, and we don't have our own staff. We have to use the Lord's. We have to depend on him to get us through each day. We have to depend on him to get us through each lying sign and wonder. 
That's where our eyes need to be on. Because if if I start talking about the boogie woogie man and how you need to research the boogie woogie man and you need to come up with a game plan, like uh, somebody in Montana says we need copper-tipped arrows for giants. If I tell you you need a, a human game plan to defeat the boogie woogie man, I guarantee you tomorrow the boogie woogie man is not the person you're going to need to be worried about. No, evil has many forms, and it manifests itself in different ways. And obviously, if aliens are a deception, they don't have to stay with that deception. So the, the, the challenge for me, and I'm preaching this to myself as much as anyone else, is to keep my eyes on the Lord and walk with him daily, because that's the only way. It's not through human means that we defeat evil it's by him. It's through him and, uh, and him working through us. So it's greater is he that is in me, not greater am I that's in the world. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Anybody in the fringe movement that wants to start a campaign and tell us all to read our Bible more, to go to church more, to pray more, to walk with God more, I'll stand right behind them on that 100%. But if they're telling my audience and telling me that I need their book to become more spiritual, to become closer to God, to be protected from evil, that's hogwash. I'm sorry. It may be an interesting book, and I may want to buy it anyway. But the point is, that's not the answer. Jesus Christ is the answer. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He will always be the answer. Bruce Collins will never be the answer. No human personality will ever be the answer. No human's advice will ever be the answer. God's advice through his word is the only answer. All right, I'm done. You know, it's here's. Uh, I have a homework assignment for the listeners. I was talking to my wife, and we were talking about the the Antichrist the other day. And Do you mean um, President Obama? No, <laughs> yeah, a lot of people think so, especially with this this trip to Israel. But we were talking, and there's this notion that the Antichrist is very charismatic very smooth, um, very likable person. I don't think the Bible says that anywhere, to be honest with you. And if somebody, one of the listeners could prove me wrong or, or just point to some scripture that, that says that the, 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 the beast, more commonly known as the Antichrist, is going to be some smooth operator that's going to have some big this charisma that's bigger than the world. Um, I don't think... That's going to be the case. I think it's going to be more of, um, you know, it's the, the book of Revelation says, who is like the beast and who can make war with him? And I think it's more of a fear thing yeah. with with the beast. I don't think it's necessarily um, a charismatic thing, although that might be a, 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 a part of it. But um, I don't know. I mean, we, we listen to, to prophecy people and we listen to things and we've listened to to things over the years that have been repeated. Yeah. And I think we just start to kind of fall into those things. But then when you, when you dive into the Bible a little deeper, you realize, well, that's, I don't think that's necessarily the case or some of these things may start to fall apart when you start to look at the Bible, like the pre, um, the pre tribulation rapture. I mean, and I'm not saying I believe in it or I don't believe in it, but I'm saying what I'm saying is how many Christians just assume there's going to be a pre-tribulation rapture 
and haven't really looked into it for themselves. And I'm not saying you should get all wrapped around the axle about the rapture. Don't misunderstand me because a lot of people will just dive into that and just be obsessed with it. Yeah. Um, but there, I think there are some things that we ha- we kind of um, take for granted or we have accepted over the years as Christians that I don't know if they're necessarily true or not. But if you don't um, get deep into the word of God, I think you're just going to keep believing those things. And I don't know if they're all necessarily true. Yeah. No, those are very good points. Well, Chad, this has been uh, fun. And uh, our guest this week is Joseph Farah. Any last words, Chad? Uh, not really. Just uh, keep looking up. Things are going to get uh, crazier in the world before they get uh, better. Yeah. And our and also we ha- we're going to this week have an after dark uh, edition of the Bruce Collins Show with Chris Putnam, and it's a very lively discussion. I think you're going to enjoy it. He actually said I challenged him a little bit. Challenge people. Challenge everything you hear. Even yeah, that's that's a good point. Yep. Hey, Chad, thanks for joining me this week, and I'll see you next week. Hey, thanks, Bruce. See you later. Again, this week is Joseph Farah. He's the founder, editor, and CEO of WND.com, formerly known as World Net Daily, the world's leading independent internet news source. He's the author of the Tea Party Manifesto. His 2003 bestseller, Taking America Back, predicted the rise of the Tea Party. The former top executive at major market daily newspapers has authored, co-authored, or collaborated on more than a dozen books, including Rush Limbaugh's See, I Told You So. I didn't know that. He also founded WND Books, a publishing company with the highest percentage of New York Times bestsellers in the U.S. I knew that. And served as a nationally syndicated radio talk show host for more than three years. It's an honor to have Joseph Farah back on the program. Joseph, welcome back to the Bruce Collins Show. Thank you, Bruce. The honor is all mine. WND.com, I know it. Most of my listeners know about this website. We've had many authors from WND, and they're always great guests, and they have great books. But WND, so it's, it's very popular, but for those listeners who may not be aware, can you tell us about WND.com and what can people find there? Well, um, <clears throat> a couple of things that are unique about WND.com and any other news agency out there. First of all, um, it is it was founded and it is produced by real veteran journalists, <laughs> which is something very unusual, I have to tell you. 
on the internet these days when you look at some of the the sites out there like you know I well I shouldn't mention any names but I'll just say this you know my my history before starting WND was running daily newspapers across the country our whole uh, editorial team is is comprised of some just amazing veteran reporters journalists uh best-selling authors uh really uh, it's a it's a team of vast experience and not only that um we have kind of a a common world view mm-hmm. though uh, we may you know have uh, differences of uh, where we uh worship and things like that we have a, a common world view it's a it's a god-based world view uh, no question about that yeah. and uh, that is really a distinction that you won't find uh, anywhere else uh, that I'm aware of in terms of a news site on the internet or anywhere else and uh, it's what makes uh, WND unique we we uh, and uh, and of course that ties indirectly to what we're talking about tonight which is this billboard campaign and it sort of explains why uh, a news agency would be plastering <laughs> Ten Commandments billboards all over the country. Uh, it's it's kind of part and parcel to what we do. You know, we love this country. Mm-hmm. That's not to say it is without uh, faults. It has many, many faults. And personally, I think it's headed in the wrong direction and is in yeah. need of a of a U-turn. Uh, and I believe that the thing that will, you know, uh, facilitate that you turn has to do with the morality of our individual citizens. Yeah. You know, our founding fathers devised one of the greatest political, the, the greatest political system, I would say, the world has ever known. And uh, but they warned that it was only, it would only work for uh, a people who were both informed and uh, and had a, a common moral uh, base. Mm-hmm. A consensus, if you will, about the basics, and um, and we had that for a long time in this country. Uh, it, it has served us well for ne- nearly 237 years. But in the last generation, we've seen a kind of a falling away, a a rejection of those values. And nothing illustrates it better than what we've done with the Ten Commandments in this country. We've chased it out of the classrooms. We've chased it out of the law schools. We've chased it out of the courtrooms. Uh, and uh, basically, um, you know, you're, you're simply not confronted with the Ten Commandments as you were a generation ago. And I think that's a tragedy, and I think it is partially responsible for the decline that America finds itself in, not just the spiritual decline, but even the economic decline. Mm -hmm. Because I don't believe, and I don't think the Founding Fathers believed, that you could have a self-governing society. And think about what that means. That means we govern ourselves, okay? Mm -hmm. And, and And it's not talking about, you know, by electing people to Congress and the President. It means we govern ourselves. We take care of our own families we take care of our own communities that's what a self-governing society is all about it requires a moral people to do that if you don't if you're 
if you live in a morally relativistic universe, which is what um, is being taught in our classrooms today, which is what is being taught by the uh, we preached by the Washington elite, the media establishment. Well, guess what? Uh, that means there is no right and wrong, mm-hmm. and that's why the Ten Commandments are more important than ever. It is the definition of what is right and what is wrong. It's the definition of what is sinful, and uh, and I think it's very important for people to be confronted with that once again. Mm-hmm. And if, for people that want to get more on this subject, they should go to WND.com. You recently wrote an article about moral relativism and how it's changed society, and I think people would get a lot out of reading that column. Again, it's by Joseph Farah. Now, as you said, you've kicked off a billboard campaign, uh, and it's the Ten Commandments are actually going to be on these billboards, correct? That's right. It's kind of an abbreviated form of the King James Ten Commandments, as much as you can get on a billboard, you know, mm-hmm. and still be read. Uh, I think it's very well designed. We've had lots of great reaction to it. And there's an interesting backstory, Bruce, to how this came about. Um, Honestly, you know, I don't know um, where you are in your walk in faith, mm-hmm. but I'm a, I'm a, you know, practicing Christian. I am too. And, um, and uh, some months ago, <clears throat> I really felt this um, calling, and whether it's that, you know, still small voice that we hear about mm-hmm. in the Bible, but I, I, I was definitely hearing that I was supposed to do something with the Ten Commandments, and I didn't know what it was. And I kept wondering and seeking, well, what is it? What, what do I do with the Ten Commandments, for heaven's sake? They've been around since Mount Sinai. You know, tell me what to do. <clears throat> and then, interestingly, just a few weeks ago, just before we launched this campaign, I got an email from somebody who had been sitting on this domain name, the thetencommandments.com, and he felt led by God to put it in my hands. And while that was confirmation for me that this is serious, that and and when and when that happened, and when we secured the domain name, it was as if it was very clear to me what we were to do. Um, had a lot of experience with outdoor advertising, and I could see, I, I could see the Ten Commandments just you know plastered on these billboards all over the country and so that's why we launched the campaign that's why we did it you know uh, very recently and it's very exciting because the reaction has been overwhelmingly positive we're getting tremendous support from around the country we're getting people not only you know making contributions to the campaign but but partnering with us to put the billboards up in their own individual communities. And I think it's very, very exciting, and I really believe it can have a a great impact on on our culture right now when it most needs it. Now, would you say, uh, who's your target audience? Would you say it's a a conviction towards atheists and perhaps a reminder toward believers? Yeah, it's really for everybody because, um, you know, uh, look, we've got, We've got people in churches today mm-hmm. who are being taught in their churches that the law no longer applies to them, and it's really been a destructive force in the in the church. Uh, you know, they're they're taught that 
uh, now we live in an age of grace, and um, so there's no need to worry about whether what you do in your own life. It's, it's, it's a kind of a Christian moral relativism that's being preached out there. And that's why we have, you know, just as many, if not more, abortions taking place in the church. That's why we have just as much, you know, many problems with drugs, just as much uh, problem with pornography and all kinds of vices like that. And so this is as much for people who find themselves going to church on Sunday as it is for the, you know, the hardcore atheist. I believe everybody needs to be confronted by the Ten Commandments and and personally Mm -hmm. examine themselves. The Bible calls it, you know, the the schoolmaster because it's 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 the mirror that lets us look at ourselves and determine whether we are in line with what God teaches and and commands us to do the, the behavior and the and and the mindset that we're supposed to have in this life and the thing is it works the, it, it, it we have proof that it has worked very well through uh, the history of American uh, society and when when we took it out of all these public places what happened um, uh, America began to go into decline, and so if we're going to turn ourselves around as a country and get back to the principles of limited constitutional government, self-government, all those great things that we uh, we, we talk about and that form the basis of this country uniquely in, in the history of the world, I think it's going to be very important to tie in the spiritual uh, foundation behind all that. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> our founding fathers, boy, when you look at what they did, you can come to the conclusion that they were absolute geniuses compared to yeah. <laughs> the folks who run Washington today. You know, uh, and 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 maybe they were. They were certainly of superior intellect. Mm-hmm. But I think the thing that guided them, um, if you look at their writings, um, they were guided by a deep spiritual commitment too and uh, I think if America is to rebound and rediscover uh, its connection with liberty and justice and all those great things it is going to have to re-examine it we're all going to individually have to re-examine our ourselves and you know where we are in our relationship to God and to our neighbors that's what the Ten Commandments is about first four are about our relationship to God. The last six are about our relationship with each other, and um, I, I just again I, I I'm I'm so happy that we were able to do this, that we got the opportunity to do this, and I welcome help from every corner of this world, this nation. I I want to see the Ten Commandments on every highway and byway uh, from from. Uh, Massachusetts to California, from Florida to Maine, and uh, and and I think we're going to accomplish that over the next uh, year or two. When someone like you steps forward, you automatically hear whizzing rocks past your head or feel the stab of a pitchfork. Have you heard from the ACLU yet? No, and I don't believe we will in this case because <clears throat> this is so clearly a free speech issue mm-hmm. we've done other campaigns of outdoor advertising um, that have been rejected by um, 
billboard companies. This one has not been rejected by any. Uh, and of course, it's their 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 right, I guess, to reject whatever they don't they're uncomfortable with. We haven't faced that. We've, we're dealing with the major billboard companies that, in the past, have sometimes said, "No, we don't want this billboard. This is too controversial." And the ACLU, if if we're challenged on it, <clears throat> I'm going to ask the ACLU to defend us because. Um, you know, in theory, this is the fun, one of the fundamental civil rights that we have is free speech and free exercise of religion. And so I don't think we're going to face that challenge from the ACLU. What we have faced already is a lot of, um, <clears throat> uh, you know, ridicule, uh, in the blogosphere, uh, you know, a lot of snarky kinds of, of criticisms. Oh, you know, Farah, you know, still believes in the Ten Commandments. Well, for heaven's sake, you know, give me a better moral code to consider than than one that has, you know, been tried and true over the last three thousand years. And you know, I'll <laughs> I'll consider yours. What do you got? You know, that's kind of my attitude toward this. Uh, uh, even um, one of the most uh, uh, you know notable atheists. In the uh, in the world, the late um, uh, blanking on his name, uh, Christopher Hitchens mm -hmm. uh, had this to say. He said, "One of the great questions of philosophy is, do we ha do we innately have morality, or do we get it from celestial dictation?" Now, you know, he believed in innate morality. He he believed it was somehow evolved into us, but he added. A study of the Ten Commandments is a very good way of getting into and resolving that issue. So I want to have that discussion. I want to have it with atheists. I want to have it with Jews. I want to have it with Christians. I want to have it with people all over this world. And hopefully, you know, we can, re, you know, reform that consensus that we had that whether you, you know, and I, I'm not expecting everybody to suddenly have faith in God, but tell me what's wrong with the Ten Commandments. Uh, t tell me what's wrong, especially with the last six that, you know, <laughs> are about our relationships with one another. Uh, I think they're beautiful, and, and I think they're inspiring, and I think that uh, nothing, nothing like the Ten Commandments can um, hold us accountable to what what's right and wrong and and the most important thing is having that discussion about whether there really is such a thing as right and wrong because you know that's not being taught today right, right. in classrooms it's not even taught in arithmetic anymore you know mm -hmm. <laughs> i mean it's not even taught in mathematics and science that there's a right and a wrong so we got a real problem with that because if you believe that there's such a thing as right and wrong, you, you got to say, well, where does it come from? Mm -hmm. You know, does it come from? With, is it just a matter of opinion, right and wrong, or, or are, are we accountable to a, a creator, designer, God? who knows what's best for us. I want to ask you one more question. Again, we're speaking with Joseph Farah of WND.com. If you've never been to WND.com, I highly recommend you go to that website. Again, it's 
WND.com. A lot of great writers. Chuck Norris is even there. Now, I, w- I do want to end with how, to, how people can contribute to this campaign, but I want to ask you one real quick political question. A couple mm-hmm. of years back, I asked you about Ron Paul, and I had to pick myself up off the floor. <laughs> you weren't a big fan. But what did you think of Rand Paul's recent filibuster? Well, I love Rand Paul. I think Rand Paul is very, very different from his dad mm-hmm. because I think he's very realistic. He looks at the, the world, and he sees it as it is. Uh, whereas sometimes I believe his dad looked at the world through this prism of Ayn Rand uh, yeah. exclusively, basically. Right. Ayn Rand was like his guru. Uh, now, I know Rand Paul is named after Ayn Rand, <laughs> and I know he likes a lot of the things that Ayn Rand has written, but Rand is not a materialist. He, he believes in God. Mm-hmm. He, he's a, you know, I, I had an opportunity to travel with him, uh, to Israel in January, spent a lot of time with him. I think he's the real deal. Mm-hmm. I'm a big fan and supporter of Rand Paul. I think he's a hero. I think he he is doing right now uh, great things in Washington. So, uh, and by the way, there were a lot of things that Ron Paul did that I liked too. I mean, I, his economic policies, I I, w- I was in lockstep yeah. with him. But you can't fix this country through economics alone. That's what I was trying to say back then, and I'm still saying it today. Uh, You know, uh, capitalism is, uh, you know, if you want to call it that, free enterprise, is the best uh, economic system in the world, but it's not perfect, and it doesn't work if you don't have morality. You, You know, you'll get all kinds of cheating and abuses, and we see them every day in the headlines. Again, it, nothing works. Nothing works unless you have uh, a, a system of morality in place and a consensus around it. You're, all, you're never going to have, you know, utopia until you know Jesus comes back. Yeah. Uh, but and you're never going to have people in agreement about God, who He is, and all of that. But um, the Ten Commandments can is something, it's a document that people can look at and say, I agree with it, I agree with most of it, I think it's undeniable that it's the basis of, you know, Western civilization and was an inspiration to our founding fathers and is relevant to us today. Mm-hmm. Okay, last question. How can people contribute to this campaign? Well, um, that's the beauty of that domain name that we were able to secure because we've got all the information in one place, the Ten Commandments.com. Uh, ten is spelled out, the Ten Commandments.com. And uh, there are several ways people can help. They can make just donations to see that this campaign spreads. They can partner with us, as I said, and in their own communities, if we can help them. We, we, we're very good at getting the best prices on outdoor advertising, and, and we can, in some cases, subsidize those campaigns. And, uh, um, you know, and also, you know, I would solicit the prayers of everybody out there who, who thinks that this campaign is worthwhile um, and that the Ten Commandments might, you know, at the end of the day, no longer be... Uh, banished. Uh, I, one of the folks I consulted with in putting this plan together was uh, Judge Roy Moore, 
uh, we published his book a number of years ago, and um, you know, I, I and he gave us a lot, a lot of encouragement in doing it, and uh, I even suggested to him, since you can't have the Ten Commandments in your Supreme Court and. Alabama, how would you like me to put one right outside the Supreme Court so that everybody going in and coming out is going to be confronted by the Ten Commandments in bigger, bolder letters than you ever had on that monument? (laughs) So that's what we can do with this kind of a campaign is really... Uh, it's, it's, you, you can't miss it. We have 11 dominating the skyline of Las Vegas right now. Wow. Uh, and they're illuminated. So all night long, the skyline of, of Sin City is covered with the Ten Commandments. Huh. I love it. Again, you can go to the Ten Commandments. And again, ten is spelled out T-E-N, the Ten Commandments dot com to participate in the Ten Commandments billboard campaign. And for more information on Joseph Farah as well as his other writers and columnists, you can go to, and breaking news, you can go to WND.com. Hey, Joseph, thank you so much for joining us this week. Bruce, always a pleasure. Thank you for the opportunity. God bless.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.